Howdy. Hi. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what we're doing. Yeah, today um, today should be cool, I hope. Uh, we got Matt Frazier uh, coming on. He's five-time winner of the CrossFit Games. Like, Fittest person in, in the world. Yeah, five in a row. And look, he even hoists large rocks. Atlas. He came in one five, one five, and then just bounced. I know. Like, yeah, yeah right. I've done enough. Yeah, it's, it's smart, man. It, dude, why not? I it's mean, like MMA fighters, like win and get out of there. Dude. Don't. Well, that's it. Don't right? push like, yourself. But also, what's left, right? If you've won it that mm-hmm. many times, like, what do you have left to do? Oh, we got skeleton. I didn't know it. He was going to be in the shot. Sweet. Um, you know, like, what's what do you have left to prove at that point? Right. And it, it sounds like he went on to he wanted to build some businesses, which we'll talk about today. Well, I mean, when I won my first CrossFit Games, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> no, I, but it's also you know you got to think about this too, right? The 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 punishment that the body takes for this is mm-hmm. pretty significant. You know, it's 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 hard. So I'm curious as to why he decided to bounce. Maybe it was, maybe it was that. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know curious i think he wanted to like we'll ask him about it too but i think it was 24 7 thinking about crossfit during his time winning and and competing and i think he was done doing that yeah i wasn't expecting such a wide shot (laughs) (laughs) and they're ruining it um yeah no it's uh i'm I'm interested to talk to the guy he seems uh uh drew what's up my man what's Uh, up drew can't push it down right now. Always something. I know. It's like I cannot just get this stuff where I want it. Uh, it's all right. We'll just say everyone's name. Yeah. Uh, whatever. All right. Yeah, I'm curious, though. I know the dude's 32 from what Wikipedia says, and that's obviously never wrong. So <laughs> he's 32. Um, he's about, let's see. So, yeah, he was a 2014 runner-up. That's when his debut was in – CrossFit Games. Um, his eyes are dreamy. His muscles are big, and uh, these are all things you can find readily available on the internet if you just look. I mean, <laughs> you just gotta look. Stop being so lazy. Wonder if he has uh, an OnlyFans. Right? I feel like why not? This is this is the time to do it. Uh, you know, we all need that. So, <laughs> did Ali start hers? Her OnlyFans? Uh, I don't yeah. know. I, I gotta talk to her. I gotta see like, hey, when is uh? When when are we gonna get that together already? Sheesh. <laughs> Make some money on the side. Yeah, we gotta get it ready to roll here. Um, all right, that should set it. So when he pops on, I will quickly get him in here and then we'll chat with him. I don't even know if he knows we're just jumping right in, but I don't know. I feel like it's live, man. It's live, yeah. I feel like we don't like try to hide it. Um, what's cool is that a lot of times when I try to do this with some people, they're super duper careful or their PR folks are right. So they're just like, well, what are you going to talk about? Like, and I'm just like, or can you give me past examples? And if I had somebody else to do that, it'd be one thing, you know, like Mm a producer or like an assistant editor or something, but I don't. So the answer is usually just like, dude, I don't know. I don't know. know, We're having a conversation it goes where it goes, you know? Yeah, and of course, like, I get it. Like, you know, they're doing this to promote something. Um, oh, hold on. Here we go. Hang on. We got him on. All right. 
Yo, what's up, Matt? Oh, what's up, man? I can't, I'm not hearing you for some reason. I don't know what's going on. Oh, no. He is, let's see, we could probably, we could probably come up with, we could read his lips. I could do this, <laughs> I know it. If I have one skill in this world, it's reading lips. And it was really good to talk to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, no, it looked like there was a little audio problem. I wish I knew how to explain that to people, like, because I, I, he's not the only person that's had this problem. Sometimes I've had issues with it, and I'm on the show all the time. I don't understand it. Like, do you know why does it do that? Because nothing changes. We, mm -hmm. we keep everything the same. I also bet, I'm going to ask him, but I bet you that he, a lot of people spell his name with two T's and that, oh, how would that not bother him? He might be on mute. I mean, now his screen, his whole camera is on mute now. So. Yeah, he's probably fixing, fixing whatever issue it is. There he is. Yeah. Oh, there, there he is. There we go. All right. Oh, yeah, What's we up, hear man? you. Perfect. Oh, How What's you up, doing? Matt? How you guys doing? Good, 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 man. Good to see you. You're, uh, yeah, you're <laughs> the five-time uh, CrossFit Games winner. It's kind of, I don't know, man. That's pretty badass, don't you think? <laughs> I like won. to think so. I've never won it. I mean, Mike, have you won? When's the, when did I, you win? No, not yet, not yet. And he won five, <laughs> and then he and then he walked away. He was like, "All right, later." So the walking away part, how hard was that, or was it easy? Was it just like I'm done? I have nothing to prove, or was it like you know what? There's other stuff in this world for me to do. Um, it was a probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, the walking away from competing part was was very easy for me. You know. Uh, like I knew my, my entire last season that, that it was going to be my last. Um, so, you know, I made sure to have projects in place and stuff to kind of keep me busy um, because I don't, I don't do well with idle hands. And I know if I have more than like one day off, I, I get a little squirrely. So, so I had, you know, the whole mental side of things like the entire last season I didn't take a single training session for granted. You know, it was like, all right, this is my last season. Let's have a good push all the way, all the way until whenever the competition happens. Now, when you're, when you're training for these, um, you know, these competitions, clearly like you're, I don't know. Well, you tell me actually, I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but you're not, you're, you're not really thinking about aesthetics, right? Cause all you're caring about is performance, but the, the aesthetics probably come after it, which helps because, for marketing purposes and all that stuff. But like after you stop, right? After you stop training your, your balls off for these competitions, you're still training. But do you have like a, is it tough mentally to kind of go from this like rock solid machine that can do everything to like just incredibly super fit person? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so when, when I was competing, there was zero, and I mean zero emphasis put onto my like body composition aesthetic you know how i looked anything that was so far from my mind um you know it was i i cared about being fit not looking fit and if, if you looked at me lined up next to a lot of the other top competitors um you know my body composition kind of stuck out a little bit you know i always had a little little extra cushion cushion like a spare tire almost um but you know it came it came in useful when, when we're doing a, you know, four day, five day competition competition. And, you know, on day 
four, five, you know, I still feel good. And it's like some of these other competitors, it's like their body's eating their bones for fuel. Just they're so lean, so ripped. And yeah, I would love to have abs like that, but that wasn't the goal. You're not getting, you're not getting a gold medal based off uh, how ripped you are. Um, So yeah, like once, once the competition, uh, once the competition side of things stop, obviously like, there was a little bit of body composition change, but you know, not a lot less than I anticipated. And now it's like, I get to do, get to do the fun, you know, the like broski workouts, bench press and curls and shit like that. So that, that's entertaining. You know, like when I started showing up to competitions and, and people say like, Oh man, your, your arms are looking bigger. I'm like, Oh, thank you. Like I've been working on it. <laughs> <right>. You know, <laughs> How how were you able to keep on the size and the mass while also competing in CrossFit? Because you know, bodybuilders think that cardio is the devil a lot of the times because they think they're going to burn through muscle. And, and you competed yeah. as, as a bigger dude. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was through my competition career. You know, uh, five six, and usually hovered right around the two hundred pound mark. I would say I probably trained right at two hundred, maybe a little bit above, and then uh, you know, a week or two before the competition, I would just basically cut out treats and. Mm-hmm. And then like with the, uh, you know, cut back in volume, I would naturally lose a little bit of weight. I'd probably drop down to like mid one nineties kind of float around there. Um, dude, so many calories. I like, like I had to force feed myself all the time. Um, you know, like perfect examples. Like I hate eating breakfast, hate it. And I would get up in the morning and plates of food would already be on the table. And it was just, this mountain of food and, and Sam would just be like, Nope, you have to eat it all. You have to eat everything. I'm like, I don't want to, oh, it was just, you know, given, given my frame, how many calories I had to take in was just, it, it was a real nuisance, you know, like mm-hmm. usually floated right around mid seven, seven thousands. Um, so wow. it was, yeah, it was a lot of calorically dense stuff. Um, you know, it was just, it was gross. Um, lot, lot of, lot of Gatorade powder, a lot of Snickers bars, just like after like the really intense stuff, just to get that like quick burning fuel back in. But then at night it was just basically once I got home from my, my second or third session, it was just constant, constant eating. Oh man. Does that burn you out though? Like not just the eating part, but like the second, third session. And I know it becomes a job, right? Um, and thanks, Adam. That's really nice. I guess you don't like CrossFit there. Um, sorry, I was just reading the comments, like, which is fine. Because, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that because, I mean, there's, there's questions I'd love to, to ask about that. But, um, Absolutely. You know, two to three sessions, though, it's like, you know, I get it. It's a job. And, you know, especially when you're on top, you want to keep going. But, like, is there a point where you're just like, God damn, man, like. Oof. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and, like, I would structure my training days taking that in into consideration of, um, you know, I'm not in my, you know, second session, third session, I'm not going for like the heavy one rep lifts. I'm not going for that stimulus. You like, I'm trying to hit that stuff when I'm a little bit fresher. Um, so, you know, I would, I would tailor my training to know what my energy level is going to be throughout the day. Um, yeah. So, you know, like the stuff later on, like I would end the day with like a zone two bike workout. So it's, you, I'm keeping my heart rate between 150 and 155 for anywhere between 60 and 90 minutes. So, you know, it's like you're working, it's beneficial 
keeping your heart rate in that zone too and trying to build up um you know a lot more endurance but i'm not i'm not going for you know a one rep snatch or clean and jerk at 8 p.m um you know like the later sessions would either be zone two work or working on skill work that's you know super low intensity low impact uh and it's just skill work you know stuff even as simple as like handstand walking building up the endurance in the back of my forearm to keep, keep my hands pulled back. And so I'm not tripping on my fingers. Um, but you know, like the first two sessions, first sessions, usually two and a half to three hours, pretty heavy, intense stuff. Second session is a lot more aerobic based, um, where there's intensity, but very low impact. And then the third session, if there was one would either be, you know, skill work or zone two. Now. So after you, you know, you, you decide to, to stop competing, like when does the the digital training or the the digital coaching the app come into play, right? Like that's what your your shirt stands for. It's it's like your <laughs> phrase or your catchphrase. Uh, yeah, uh, hard work pays off. And I'm gonna pull up the uh, I'm gonna pull up the, some pictures of the the app and stuff. And in, in a minute, we could you could help us walk through what we'll get. But did you know that when you were stepping aside, that this was the next phase, or did that come later? Um. You know, I had some plans in place um, to to do it, um, but I I set it up because I didn't know if I would enjoy it. I didn't know if I would enjoy programming. I didn't know if I would enjoy coaching. So I didn't want to, you know, make a multi-year commitment to it. Um, so, I, you know, originally was like, all right, one year. And, and if I don't like it, then, you know, I can grit through anything for a year. Um, right. And And then was... Once I got into it, uh, you know, I still swore up and down that I would never coach somebody uh, one-on-one. So, you know, launched the programming. It took off way more than we were expecting. It was a lot more entertaining for me than than I expected. So, you know, when when we decided, like, all right, this is something that we want to pursue, we wanted to, you know, go all in with it. And then kind of the same thing with coaching. You know, I had no intentions. um, And I said no to multiple people when they asked me to coach them and then, uh, you know, it kind of progressed and, um, sorry, my That's all right. buddy was just, buddy was just stepping in. Um, yeah, you know, same thing with coaching, you know, once, once I realized like, oh, this is really enjoyable and, you know, finding the right fit for people to coach, um, you know, I was like, all right, let's go all in on this. So, you know, I have uh, a couple athletes that live here full time now and I coach them every day. Okay. So when people, okay, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to switch gears too to the, uh, so we can take a look at the app. So, you know, this though, this is, this is it right here. Hard work pays off immediately. I'm already not allowed to go in because are you a hard worker? I don't know. I'm like, uh, yeah, sometimes, but usually not so much like, not like this, but, um, so, okay. So these, when you, when you sign up, they are, there is access to you. Correct. And there, these are actually like, this isn't ghost coaching, right? This is your, this is actually your tips, your, what, what you're programming. Oh yeah. Like I, I just, right before this podcast, I, uh, I was on circle, the, the, the website that we use to communicate. So like if people have questions and, and I just hammered out, uh, a couple form checks so people can submit, submit a video of their lift. And then it's, it's me or another coach in there replying, but I just went through and, and, and hit them all. Um, yeah, programming, it's all, all my stuff with, uh, the flagship program, you know, I, I see, you know, the, the possibility of people hitting the same workout and, you know, getting two very different results just by how they approached it. 
And, mm-hmm. and my intent when I was training was very specific. Every, every piece that I did had a very specific goal. And so I wanted to make sure that information was getting passed on to, to the end user, um, you know, so that they have better results. And so selfishly, the program looks better so that they're sure. hitting it correctly, seeing the results that I'm intending, I'm hoping that they're going to see. So in the flagship program, there's any, like usually, I would say an average 15 minute video of me walking through the full day of training everything from warm up to cool down accessory work bonus work everything um kind of explaining like here's the intent of this piece this is how you should approach this piece here's how to scale it here's how to modify it um because i want the end user to have the most information possible i find that like an informed athlete is a dangerous athlete right yeah and that i did have a question about the training though like i read um when i was reading up on you and tell me if this is incorrect that you didn't have like set routines like you knew what you were going to do but like you it wasn't like completely um wasn't set in stone is that accurate or inaccurate um there there were definitely phases through my career where that that could be true to some extent um but for the most part you know i i had my training dialed in you know like certain days um, you know, I'm making sure not to hit, you know, a super quad dominant training day, two days in a row. So, you know, trying to put space in between those, my Olympic weightlifting stuff versus my powerlifting stuff, you know, making sure that the training complemented each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, certain days of the week I knew like, all right, this is the day of the week that I hit a track session or a swimming session. Um, and, you know, like over one week of training, that type of planning probably doesn't have an effect, but when you're doing it, week after week after week through a whole year and then multiple seasons that's where i think the compounding effect came in of if i'm allowing a certain body part to be you know five percent more recovered before hitting it again um it, it's just compounding on top of each other yeah how how so okay let's we could start with a little bit of uh we'll talk some some sense here so we got some we got the 40 bucks a month and about 70 seems to be the cap with the 20 bucks being yeah. the, the lowest tier. Now, why? Okay, yeah, so let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to you as a, I'm saying, <laughs> hey, Matt, um, I, I, I kind of want to sign up for the $69 a, week, a month program, but I don't know. Like, what am I going to get out of that as opposed to the 20? Yeah, so uh, HWPO Pro is the only one that's uh, at a higher price point. And yep. that's only because, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it on on our end. So it's, it's intended for the, the person that's following the, the CrossFit competition season and, you know, they are dedicating a lot of time to it. That's their main priority. So, you know, it's going to involve um, two training sessions per day, five days a week. It's going to involve, um, you know, some off out, out of gym training. So, you know, you need to have access to a pool. Um, you know, later in the season when we get into road biking or going out, um, and doing like trail runs, hill runs, uh, stuff like that. But then, but then the pro also follows the competition season live. Okay. So like perfect example is like, are you guys familiar with the CrossFit open? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. th- this year it was three weeks. They announced the workout Thursday afternoon. Um, and so with that, you know, we have the training program for through the week, but then as soon as we see what the open workout is, we're going down testing the workout, and then modifying training for the remainder of that week to, to, you know, depending on what movements or what rep schemes or time domains come up in the workout, we want to make sure that, you know, if chest to bar pull-ups come up in an open workout that you're not hitting them 
in training the day before you're doing your open workout attempt. So we're, we're modifying okay. training live as certain mm -hmm. workouts come out. So, you know, there's the open, then next week we have quarterfinals coming out yeah. and then yeah. semifinals in the games. So, yep. so that, that was, that was the main thing with pro. And then also with pro, we have a, uh, once, once a week, um, live call. So I jump on with all the members that are in there, run them through the whole week of training and answer any questions. Now, is there a diet component? Oh, go ahead. Yes, sorry, sorry. Is there a diet component to the app or you let people? It's so it's, it's such no, an right, individualized right now, thing. No, right now it's, uh, it's just training. Okay. Now, would you be this involved, say, like uh, with the, the games and, and be this involved with how things evolve with that end if you didn't have this app? Or would you look for more space from maybe the CrossFit community because you were in it for so long since 2014 you debuted? Uh, and then clearly things <laughs> kind of escalated quickly from there for you. Would you be this tied into it still? Or is it like, hey, you know what? Uh, this just makes sense. A, from a business standpoint. A, also, you want to be still tied into the community. Or, you know, I'm, I'm curious. And I know it's probably easy to say like, no, no, I love everybody, man. I, but I'm, I'm asking like as a human, human being, like everybody needs a break. So, you know, is this kind of what's tethering you to the uh, that community? Um. No, I think, you know, like I, I've been, I've been in the space for so long and, you know, it was, it wasn't just a part of my life. It was my life. Like it was all consuming for, you know, seven, eight years. And, and I kind of look at it like with, with my coaching now, uh, especially for the people that I coach one-on-one, like I have two athletes that they're at my house every single day. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's just fun. And if I can help somebody else, you know, achieve some goals or break some records. It's phenomenal. You know, even, even the guy on the men's side that won last year before he went to the games, I, I had him out to the house and you know, the, the obvious question I get from a lot of people is like, Oh, like, you know, you're, you're helping the guy that's going to, you know, take your title. And it's like, well, no, that's not my title. You know, I was the 2020 fittest man in the world, but, yeah. but 2021, somebody's going to win. So if I can be a benefit and try to help, help somebody else achieve that, like them, them collecting gold medals doesn't take away from mine. So I'm just trying to be, be a resource to, to, you know, the people that, that want the information, not just the people that say they want the information, but like actually receptive to it. No, I hear you. And it's plus, it's like, yeah, whatever. Someone's going to win, but they're not going to be as good as me anyway. Like, Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, every, every year it's a coin flip, you know, yeah. like any records that I hold, there's only two options every season. Either somebody's going to beat the record or somebody's not. Um, and honestly, like it doesn't take away from me if somebody does. Like it's only a matter of time before a man wins six in a row. It's only a matter of time before somebody beats my margin of victory. Um, you know, my individual event, whatever the record is, it's every year it's just a coin flip. Um, but but then winning it doesn't take it away. Doesn't take away from me that I did it. So. Right. Fuck it. Well, if I can help, I, I'm all in. But I also feel like, you know, that's a really mature outlook. Uh, and I don't, is everybody else like that too? Cause I feel like, look, you know, Mike and I have been in the fitness game for a long time and you see some people who are understanding like that. And then other people who can't keep their emotions or their egos in check, don't get jealous that people like yourself are dominating and winning stuff that they believe or so they feel that they should be claiming does that ever get kind of awkward or annoying when you have to deal with those kind of assholes? Um, I mean, 
I, I think I'd be lying to say like that everyone has the same mindset as me. Absolutely not. You know, obviously some people um, put more emphasis on, on that than others. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it is. You know, I think early on I realized that like from day one, I knew my career as a competitor would end. The, that's inevitable. You know, like you're, you have a timestamp on how long you can compete at a high level. Um, and so I, I think I just put an extra emphasis, especially early on in my career to, to have an identity out off of the competition floor because I knew it was my competition career would end at some point. I didn't want to walk away and just be a shell of myself and wonder who the fuck am I without competing? Um, so, you know, I, I, I intentionally put an emphasis on that to have stuff off off the competition floor and kind of know who I was and what my values were before I was forced to figure it out um, because there was nothing else going on. Yeah. But dude, that's, I mean, I guess when you, again, when you're talking about it, it seems like common sense, right? Like, yeah, of course I'm thinking about this, but it's like a lot, so many people don't. And then, as you say before, to wonder who you are and kind of have like, you know, especially because you're, they're so used to being cheered for or like the person that's like on the stage and then it's gone and they, they're like, well, now what? What do I do? Where do I go from here? And, you know, I don't know. I was, I was curious how you even adopt that. Maybe it's an upbringing. Maybe it's just the people you surround yourself with. But how to adopt that mindset, especially because, you know, you're talking about these seven or eight years. You know, what, you're 32 now, correct? Yeah, these were ish. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> but like, so those seven or eight years, like those are really, you know, important years in terms of development um, as an adult. So it's easily could go either way to where you're all in and then feel lost. But yeah, I don't know how, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, interesting. yeah, I think, yeah, I think, um, you know, so I, I competed in Olympic weightlifting prior to getting into CrossFit. Um, so, you know, like I lived at the training center for two years. I lived at the Olympic education center for two years. And, and I think that played a very big role because, you know, my weightlifting career didn't pan out the way I was hoping it would. And, uh, and during that as well, like when I was at the training center, I saw some athletes that, you know, were clearly past their prime. And th this is not just in weightlifting, this is other sports as well. And they're still kind of kicking around the training center and they're trying to make one last, they're trying to go out on a high. They're trying to get one last good competition, but, you know, they're having to come back after a surgery. They're kind of, you know, they're, they're being held together by bubble gum, bubble gum and duct tape. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, it's when you're 18 years old and you're looking at it, you're like, what the fuck are you still doing here? Like this looks, you don't look like you're enjoying it. And then once you get a bit older, you're like, Oh, they, they just had nowhere else to go. Um, you know, they don't have an education to fall back on. They didn't have any good job opportunities. And so they're trying to make this, this dream still happen. And, and you know, from that, I, I put a big emphasis on my education. I wanted to make sure I had a college degree so that if the sports career didn't pan out, I have something to fall back on. And, uh, and, you know, so I did that and then same thing get coming in across, but I wanted to make sure that like, I saw how easily my weightlifting career could have ended because I, I broke my L five in two spots when I was right. uh, 18 or 19. And, and it's like, you go from hitting PRs and feeling great. And then, you know, you pull your trap, putting on your gym bag. Um, and so I was very real with like, yeah, like I could be in the gym one day and just blow out my knee or re-break my back or not even in the gym. Like, what if I just get T-boned in my car and, right. um, 
you know, my career is over, then what? Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to have that experience early on with, with my injury to be like, okay, I need to have a fallback plan or something else. Um, so that if my sports career ends, I'm not just kind of up a Creek. Yeah, no, that's, that's again, really mature way to look at it. I can't say I would have done the same in my mid early twenties, if I were in your position, uh, but also just dealing with all the notoriety and like, you know, was it when you're winning these, is it annoying to go places or is it like, you know what, only if I'm going places where there's like a fit focused crowd. Um, cause I, I don't know. Would are you, do you get bothered a lot even still? Um, no, I mean, like if, if I go into a CrossFit gym or I'm at like a fitness event, obviously it kind of comes with a territory, but, but I, I try to make it a point to, you know, have conversations with people like, you know, if, if I can provide any value, you know, like something as simple as like the amount of people that hit me up and they're like, Hey, you know, I just got, uh, I just found out I need to get back surgery. Like how the fuck do I deal with this? You know, I try to provide, provide my input. Um, because when, when I was going through that, I didn't have anyone, I didn't have any resources. I didn't have anyone telling me like, Hey, it's going to be okay. Mm. Um, so, you know, if I can provide any knowledge or even, fuck it, even a laugh to somebody, um, it's fantastic, you know? Um, but you know, when, when I'm home, uh, you know, the people I keep around me, they, they don't give a shit what I've, what I've done in my past. Uh, um, yeah, it's good, good to keep, keep some friends around that, uh, that put, put you in your place if uh yeah it's good because they're not you know they're not they're not buying the hype in the sense like they they've known you they're 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 with you and they support you but like you're you're just one of the guys you know like you're, you're yeah i mean team. like even I, I remember one time at like I, at my home gym champlain valley crossfit uh you know like where, where i trained there was a back room that you could kind of duck into so you're not interrupting interrupting class and and I walked through and I gave a wave to the coach and just like went about my business. And there, there was a drop in, in the class and he, he kind of stopped the class and he's like, why is no one making a deal out of it? like Matt Fraser just walked in like, what the fuck? <laughs> and you were like, go ahead, everybody kiss the ring. Like... <laughs> no, like I, I was already gone. I just walked through, kind of gave a wave to the coach and the coach was like, yeah, like that's, that's just Matt. Like we, we knew him when he sucked at CrossFit. We know him now that he's good. Like, we don't care, you know, like we, we like him as a person, but we don't care about that, yeah. you know? Uh, so I, I like, I like making sure there's people like that around. No, oh, that's, that, that's cool. Um, you know, that does lead me into, to want cause I'm seeing some of the comments. Uh, some of them are, are written all in caps and they're very long and they're difficult to catch up with, but, uh, you know, th there are some people, I don't know why this is right, but why does CrossFit elicit such an emotional response from people like especially if they don't like it they'll just be like yo it sucks it's like okay you don't like it right so but i don't understand why it's such a it's such a thing like why is it so it's yeah it, it, it can be polarizing um yeah i mean and, and to each their own if somebody doesn't like it you know yeah that's I know. fine um i i think there's you know if like i i used to be when i was a weightlifter i would watch crossfit fail videos and kind of laugh um, and you know, I think it's, it's the, the tides are changing. I remember very, very early on, it's just like, you're looking at it, just shaking your head because not too many people knew proper technique yet, or like they just, they just hit Metcon after Metcon and just put the throttle down. There wasn't any pacing, anything. Um, but I mean, you watch 
you watch like the games now and it's like people are putting up legit numbers and like for the most part like really really good technique obviously there's going to be somebody that has you know a bad movement but um yeah i mean i i dealt with it i saw it and it was just kind of like all right you know i i put a very big emphasis on technique because i knew i knew i wanted longevity in the sport and you know i came from an olympic weightlifting background and i saw how that paid dividends like i had a coach that my first month in the gym when I'm 12 years old, I wasn't allowed to lift uh, more than a broomstick. And at 12, you're full of piss and vinegar. You want to lift some heavy weights, impress the girls, that type of thing. And it was just like, nope, broomstick, broomstick, broomstick. And then even after that, it was like, uh, like there weren't like trainer bars yet. And so he had like just straight up pipe, like just a chunk of metal pipe. And then after that, he like there, there weren't any like lightweight bumpers yet. And so he would cut different different thicknesses of plywood out uh, in in circles for your plates. And yeah. you know, when from twelve to you know fifteen, sixteen years old, it sucks because I'm like, dude, I want to get jacked. I want to lift heavy weights. Um, and my coach was just stubborn in a great way of like, no, it's not about the instant gratification. Like we're looking long term. He's like, don't worry, these kids that are beating you, they're flashes in the pan. What do we care about? you know, this competition. And then sure enough, when I'm hitting, you know, getting up into like the junior ranks at 17, 18 years old, and I'm realizing like, Oh wow, now I'm surpassing everyone now because I have the tech, the technique foundation that every time, every time I get stronger, it translates over to the lifts because I have the technique, the flexibility, the coordination to fall back on. And I took that same mentality when I came into, came into CrossFit of, okay, like, the, the easiest thing to hate on are, are the pull-ups. Um, you know, you see them all the time. People are like, those aren't real pull-ups. And it's like, I always looked at it like for me as like a necessary evil of, right. yeah, I, when I train for nine months out of the year, I'm doing strict pull-ups. I'm doing strict chest-to-bar. Like there's no kipping involved. Same with handstand push-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you go into competition, I don't care how good you are at strict pull-ups. If you're racing someone that's doing the butterfly pull-ups, you're losing. So it's a necessary evil, but, but I saw the, the importance of technique, even with stuff like that, of how to, having to use your body correctly. And if you can kip on a pull-up and you're racing someone, you should be kipping on the pull-up, but learn how to kip correctly and keep your body in the right positions. Right. Yeah, Do you think the weightlifting background gave you a, a huge advantage in CrossFit? Unbelievably so. Um, because not only did I know how to do the two Olympic lifts, you know, very, very well, but it also taught me, you know, something as simple as, um, you know, doing any shoulder overhead work when you're an Olympic weightlifter, you use your legs for everything. So you're losing, Mm -hmm. you're learning how to move a weight with your hips, even though the bar is not in contact with your hips. Um, and so that translated over to everything we do, you know, like pull-ups, in the space, yep. like you're using your hips, you're not, it's not much pulling strength involved. Um, I mean, there is, but, but I knew how to move properly, even something as simple as kettlebell swings, you know, I'm not burning out my shoulders. I'm, I know how to use my hips correctly. Same with any gymnastics movements. I know how to create momentum with my hips. 
Um, so then it just became a thing of learning the technique on, on the other parts. And so, you know, I, when I came into the space, I definitely hit the ground running, you know, where most of these competitors are training for years and years on end to get up to a three pound snatch or a 365 cleanager. I had those two things checked off day yep. one. And now it was like, okay, now I need to learn, or now I need to be able to, you know, get my lungs better. I need to learn how to do cardio. Um, <laughs> but same, same thing. It applied like the like getting on a concept two rower it's a very prominent part of the crossfit space um learning the proper technique on it and not just doing what feels natural and going for that instant gratification it's all right let me find an expert in the space and teach me how to do this thing properly and then you know that put me a leg up as well right do you plan to um after do you have an idea where you want to go after this not to like put the cart before the horse here but like do you ever Think about, oh, you know what? I also want to be in entertainment or I want to be a correspondent or I want to do something like that. Is that stuff that you, you kick around or do you have a team that you kick around that stuff with? Like, how do you, I'm just trying to, I'm curious to how you brainstorm what your career path is now moving forward. Um, you know, it's kind of whatever, whatever sounds fun. Um, you know, I'll, I'll fuck around with some, some like media stuff. Um, but you know, it's definitely not a priority. Um, you know, I'm for the most part, a very introverted person. You know, if I, I have, you know, the handful of people that I, I like to see and, you know, I, I already have everything, everything I need. So now it's just kind of like, all right, let's just provide the best, the best service that we can for, for everyone else. Cause I'm, I'm content with where I'm at. I like it. So you're pretty hands on or are you very hands on then with everything with the app, including like the aesthetics how it's put together, how it's distributed. Like, do you, is there a lot of troubleshooting that goes on? I'm just, you know, I want to know what your, in, how deep your involvement goes, or is it like, hey, you know what? Why don't you guys take some direction and then come back to me and then we'll, we'll tweak it once you kind of put it together? Yeah, I mean, we, we were lucky enough to partner up with, with some great people. And then um, obviously with how much we've grown, like when we first launched, it was me. Like I was, I was the one doing all the programming, all the data entry, video, everything. Um, but obviously as we open up more and more tracks, we need to bring in more and more support. So it, it's still me doing, doing the programming, um, you know, the, the big meaty parts, but then obviously I, I, you know, I was lucky enough to have some good friends that are very, very knowledgeable and, you know, like people that I had testing the, the stuff. So you know, the first impression of it was me sending the programming to, uh, to one of my buddies. And I was like, Hey, like, you know, the flow here, can you write the warmups? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just swamped. And he's like, yep, I got it. You know, uh, so stuff like that. But then with the app developers, we met some people that, you know, they just, they, they were just fucking good at what they did. You know, they know it like the back of their hand. So, you know, even when we launched, you know, we hear enough, uh, enough people asking like, Hey, we want this in the app. And it's like, okay, when there's this large of a majority, um, we'll, we'll look into it. And you know, this huge app change in fucking 48 hours later, the app developers are like, here, here you go. And we're like, Holy shit. That was impressive. So obviously I'm not the one in there coding. I, I don't know how to do that yeah. shit. Um, say, what, what's then, your uh, HTML uh, skill up now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I took one programming class in college, and then that was that was that was it for me. It's a lot. Um, but then, like, I 
I have a very hard time not being familiar enough with every aspect of what we do that. So like if somebody calls out sick or if somebody just needs another hand, I want to be able to lace up my boots and, and help out. So, you know, like the last couple of days I've been doing um, data entry on the back end of the app um, to fill, fill out programming because every, everyone else is so swamped or today, you know, I'm in there doing uh, the form checks or, you know, just different formatting stuff with the programming on the back end. Like I, I try to be as hands-on as possible with all of it. Yeah. I, I don't want to keep you too long, but I do have a couple more questions. If you got a, a couple of secs, uh, one I thought yeah. was a really, um, Hey Roger, I thought was a really good question was uh, from Mario just in there about asking about mental health, like what you do for your mental health. And I think I want to ask, I want to tack on to that. What were you doing, if anything, uh, when there was like the pressure was more sky high, I'd say when you're say nearing these competitions and knowing that the, you know, all eyes are on you and yeah. has it changed since? And, you know, overall, like, how do you approach that? So, so mental health, um, you know, broad strokes, I surround myself with good people. Um, you know, uh, you know, I'm lucky enough to, to have a fiance that like is just perfect. Um, but you know, having, having friends around that they're not just there for the good times. You know, I've, I've been through the ups and downs and I've seen, you know, who's, who's here with me in the trenches and then. I hope that those are the same people that are there with me when I'm celebrating. Um, but you know, just that open communication, uh, you know, if, if I'm with a buddy and I'm going through some shit, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up about it. Uh, and then even with friends, like there's tough conversations that be had. And I've found that like, as long as your intentions are good, most of the time, like it's pretty hard to get upset when somebody's intentions are good. Um, and so just saying like, Hey, I gotta, gotta have a hard conversation and they're usually fairly receptive to that, but just having good people around people that know what, what I'm going through, people that know the obstacles I'm going to overcome or trying to overcome. Um, and, you know, there's, there's comments that get made and stuff like that. And it's just making sure that, all right, why, why would I listen to the criticisms of somebody that I wouldn't take the advice from? It's like walking, like if I walked by a homeless man, and he's telling me that my, I have a terrible allocation of my stocks. Well, why the fuck would I listen to him? He's broke, you know? So same, same thing with, with my performance, you're going to have a million and one, uh, couch coaches that are telling me how shit I am or that somebody's better or whatever it is. And it's like, all right, what the fuck do you know? Um, yeah. so focusing on the opinions of people that, that I value and people that, that are close to me, you know, the opinions of some random Joe Schmo, who cares? As long as the people in my life and the people that I hope I grow old with are approving and knowing that I'm, I'm giving my everything. Um, that's, that's what matters. Um, and then, you know, getting close to a competition, you know, I was a ball of nerves. I was scared. I trained scared all year. I competed scared. Um, and, uh, and the very important thing to me, um, was was when sammy would tell me like hey no matter the results i love you you know and so when i went out on on the competition floor i'm not i'm not as fearful of failure because i know like win or lose i'm going home to the same hug i'm going home to the same love it's it's not dependent on my performance and 
you know, I was lucky enough to, to have the people in my life through my 2014, 2015 season. And I saw who stuck around, like who's here with me, even though I'm a loser. Uh, and then, you know, I'm very, very fortunate that through my career, I had those same people by my, on each side of me, even when I was winning, knowing that our, my, my relationships aren't dependent on my performance. They're, they're here because they love me. Not, not because I'm fucking winning. Right. Yeah. And you know, there was, uh, one of uh, Roger had a question before too about you know the when you retired did you even really have any was there any part of you that missed it uh, or was it like look it's an no. all year round thing so you did it you hit the top five times in a row like uh, it's got to be <laughs> I don't know what, what, yeah was like it when, hard when, uh, no no it was <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I actually tried I actually tried to retire in 2019. Uh, and then I got talked out of it. So, you know, even at the tail end of uh, my fourth win, I I was doing that, assuming that it was going to be my last one. And why then why, can I ask, sorry to butt in, but why, why did you, why did you get talked out of it? Like, what was the thing that kind of made you do a U-turn? Um, uh, it was, it was my, my manager, uh, Matt O'Keefe, um, you know, I told him and, and he was just kind of like, Hey, I, I think you'll regret that when, when you're old. Um, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to get the record for the most wins on the, on the men's side. And, uh, and the previous record was four four golds and, and one silver. And I, I looked at it as I had four golds and two silver. So I was like, all right, like I win. And, uh, and it was, uh, put to me like, Hey, I don't think people are going to see it that way. And so I was like, all right, fuck it. Um, and so, you know, my, my entire last season, and it was a rough season too, because of, uh, COVID delays and stuff like that. Like we didn't by mid season, we didn't know if we were going to have a game. So when it, when it finally did come together and it did happen, um, I was very ready to step away from it. You know, I put so much of my life on hold, um, because I wanted to focus on competing like er early on. I think it may have been after my first win. I wanted to buy an investment property. I wanted to get a, I was looking at a triplex and I was like, you know, I'm trying to do the smart thing. Like I'm not blowing this money on a fancy car or something. I'm going to buy an income property. I'll live in one, one unit and rent out the other ones. And my accountant at the time was like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't do that. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is, I thought this was like the smart thing to do. And he's like, if everything goes perfectly, you have the perfect tenants, nothing breaks, nothing like how much are you going to make? And I was like, like 24,000. And he's like, now, if you have the worst tenant, they're calling you every night at 2 a.m., shit's breaking left and right. What is it going to cost you? Yeah. Like, basically, if it distracts you from training and competing, how much are you going to miss out on? And I was like, okay, note taken. And he was like, good. He was like, you compete. This is how you make your living. Do nothing but compete. And I was like, okay. And so, you know, put everything on the back burner. Um, and so, you know, by, by the time, by the time the, uh, the 2020 games rolled around, I was just so excited for just to hit a different project, work on something new. Um, and I had done everything I wanted to do in the space. Um, so I was like, okay, it's time, time to move on. Yeah. Do you ever see yourself maybe transitioning to something like, um, you know, like Spartan does a whole bunch of, of races where there's elite categories and things like that. Do you ever think about that? Or is it like maybe those no, in terms, in terms of competing in anything physical, uh, I'm, 
I'm good. You know, they have many a time and became, yeah, you know, like I, I competed, I competed in Olympic weightlifting from age 12 to 21 or 22 and then CrossFit full time. Uh, like there's maybe like a year gap in between weightlifting and CrossFit. Um, so, you know, I just went from one competitive career directly into the next. And now other than like racing pit bikes with my buddies that I don't have much, much interest in competing. (laughs) No, that makes sense. I mean, look, there, as you said, like from what, 2009 was the Junior Olympics till now. Like, that's such a long time to just be focused on, on, on this, not the same things, but really like this, this laser beam focus to become yeah. the best. And then you do it over and over and over. It's got to just be exhausting. Although you don't seem like the kind of guy that would either admit or like allow himself to be ex- exhausted. Uh, I feel like oh, no, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the first one to say, I'm the first oh, okay. one to say, like, I'm exhausted or I'm scared or anything like that. Um, but th- there's a big difference between having an emotion and having an emotion dictate your actions. You know, before every, every fucking event at the games, I threw up dry heaving until I puked. Um, the week before the game started, I am a ball of nerves. Like I'm crying to Sammy because I'm so scared. Like what if, what if something doesn't go the way I'm hoping? What if I don't, right tap my full potential what if i waste something um but like that never that never stopped me from going out and trying to step on everyone's throat it's like there's a difference between having an emotion and having it dictate your actions there's a big difference there right i mean is it does it kind of almost turn into fuel like that's i guess in another life that's kind of what i would would do if i was nervous i'd be like look hey what for and i I, i'm glad that you mentioned that about having someone at home, I still do that now, like a different capacity. I'm not going to like dominate people physically, but if I have some sort of project or some sort of pitch, um, I'll just remember if I get laughed out of the room or whatever, I'm going to go home and my wife and kids and three overweight cats are still going to love me. And that's ultimately what matters. (laughs) Um, there was a good question in there quickly that, uh, about your, you know, your supplement, uh, I don't know what, what the actual thing was, but do you still, is that something that you've had to lean on or because you ate so much, you know, you were getting enough? Uh, no, I, I, I took supplements all the way through and, uh, and, you know, like my last couple of years in the space, um, you know, I just couldn't find a, a supplement company that I like aligned with or anything like that. Like I, I didn't fall in love with any. Um, so I've, after my competition career, uh, a couple of buddies and I said, fuck it, we'll make, we'll make our own. Uh, so, so we launched podium nutritions. Uh, so we have you know, BCAA uh, protein and uh, pre-workout right now. Um, so, you know, take all those and then, uh, you know, I'll usually, I'll usually cycle through creatine or something, but nothing super, super complex. Yeah. Uh, what about the CBD? I guess that's something you used to rely on. Do you still use it for, for, yeah, I, I, or anything yeah. like that or like um, yeah beam beam dream that shit will knock you out um you know, that, that was uh what's that <clears throat> zach has trouble sleeping well. so oh, I, I think that's a good I, I don't sleep well um i'm always tired in a bad mood um and i just it's because i've been tracking my sleep and my sleep is the absolute drizzling shits it's terrible so, so I, need so to I have I have the hardest time. Once I am asleep, I'm fine. Getting to sleep for me is atrocious because it seems like when I close my eyes to go to sleep, um, 
like my brain is just like, okay, let's figure out every single life problem you have right now. <laughs> and it's just like for an hour or two, just my mind running on a hamster wheel. Um, and so, you know, like sleep, sleep is like the number one performance enhancer. Um, so I put in so much emphasis on like just getting better quality sleep and, and the supplement sponsor I was with at the time, you know, they asked me, Hey, what do you want your signature product to be? And I was like, I want a nighttime drink to help me go to sleep, help me get to sleep. And they just like, they had no interest in it. And so I went to another company. I was like, Hey, I have an idea for, for this, uh, for this drink. And, uh, it was beam that was like, that's fucking awesome. And so they basically made like a hot chocolate that has, you know, obviously CBD, but then all the other supplements that are proven to help with sleep. And so it's just a warm cup of hot chocolate every single night. And it puts you into a coma. It is phenomenal. See, that's what I need. I need to be comad. Like I got to get, I mean, like, I mean, for so many of us that work out, work out every single day or multiple times a day, we put so much emphasis on getting hyped up, like the pre-workouts, caffeine, mm -hmm. like any stimulant to get us up, 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 up. And then it's like, all right, well, as soon as you're done your training, your recovery starts for your next day of training. Um, and so, you know, like, especially like when I'm just like right before the games is my longest training days. And I'll train usually till like 7 p.m. And then if I'm trying to go to bed at 10, it's like my I'm still like kind of wired. Um, so I, I just wanted something to help, help bring me down. So, uh, so I, yeah, beam, beam came out with that nighttime drink and it is phenomenal. Okay. No, I'm, I've, I've written it down because I definitely want to try this out. I'm, I've just said to Mike yesterday, I'm like, I'm desperate now to try anything. Um, uh, give me like the, 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 the Bill Gates microchip that was yeah. in the, that I don't care. <laughs> just give it to me. Like whatever puts me to bed, I'll do it. Um, because you know, but then like it. there's some, there's some other pieces too, that I implemented. Like I put in a lot of time and effort into figuring out like what helps you get to sleep. So like my, my bedroom through my whole competition career had like tin foil on the, on the windows, like blackout curtains didn't cut it. I wanted absolute <laughs> darkness because like, if I'm sleeping until eight or nine, I don't yeah. want light creeping in because like the light comes in, shuts off your melatonin production yep. and you're fucked. So I would black out the windows, like tin foil and duct tape type blackout. Um, and then waking up, you know, I'm just groggy and grumpy when I get woken up by alarm clock. So I got this thing called the Dawn Simulator. And it's just an alarm clock that looks like a giant light bulb. And so it just lights up your room. If you have no, no natural light coming in, this thing will light up your room and the light shuts off your melatonin production. So then you just wake up. You're just awake. You're not groggy. Yeah. You're not sleepy. Um that and then uh the cooling pad on on the mattress was an absolute game changer for me um yeah that was big yeah i've, I've heard really good things about those cooling pads uh i'd forgotten about it until you just mentioned it but yeah look i think that that's something that i need to do like uh yeah. just reevaluate my sleep hygiene because clearly it's terrible uh but i <laughs> you know the fact that I know I'm not alone in it and I do like to just complain about it to Mike because I don't know, I think it bothers him at some point, but, uh, <laughs> it's, but it's, it's so true. Cause you need it. And I'm not somebody who stays up late. I'm just a dude with a job. I love, listen, I love fitness. I love to train on a different level than you. Obviously you're on the varsity. I'm certainly on like the elementary school level, but um, you know, 
it's like at the end of the day, all of the rest of us the, that, that aren't these elite athletes but still love to train still just want to have, uh, you know, just feel good. I mean, and, and that's, you know, oh, by the way, eight sleep is what I have, uh, Roger. I got yeah. that same thing. It's, it's actually really sick. Um, the one thing, too, is how does your body feel now? Like, how do you feel like just walking around or getting up? Are you, are you st- stiff, sore? Are you like, you know, how is it? I'm good. Yeah. That, that, was, that, was, that was a big, big goal of uh, my CrossFit career was, you know, I wanted to make sure that, that when I ended, I didn't have like a limp or, you know, some nagging injury or anything like that. So, you know, through, through my whole, whole career, I put a big emphasis on body work, pliability, making sure. And, th- and this is another big reason for proper technique was, um, you know, early on, I had, had some other competitors we were watching, we were watching some sports, sports broadcast where they, some, some guys were getting induction into the hall of, hall of fame and they're like 80, 90 years old. Some of them were using walkers to get up on stage and they kind of gave me an elbow nudge and like, Oh, it's going to be us in 10 years. Uh, and in my head, I was like, fuck that. Speak for yourself. I was like, dude, I want to be able to run around play with my kids. I want to keep working out the rest of my life. I'm making sure to have that good, that proper technique and, and giving back to my body what I'm demanding of it so that, you know, it's not just going to pack up and be like, yo, fuck this. I'm out. And then have a limp for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, right now, like knock on wood, I'm good to go. Like everything, everything's intact. Everything feels amazing. I still work out with all, with all my boys at, you know, 6am and we get after it. Jeez, it's awesome. 6am. Yeah. I'm, I'm no longer the 6am workout guy, but, uh, I listen, I respect it. And it's, it's great if you're able to, uh, to adopt that. Um, look, man, I, I appreciate all of your time today. Uh, I don't know if, you know, you, I was told that you only had 45 minutes. You've, you've been gracious enough to give us more time. Thank you for that. Um, so, you know, the, the app, uh, you can find it online at HWPO uh, training, which is a uh, hard work pays off for those who don't know, you should be paying attention. Um, you can also get on the app store and download it. Uh, it certainly seems like there's a lot of, of stuff in, from, from you, just from you, uh, which alone should make it, you know, worth checking out. Um, and it's also that you're involved in it. It's not just slapping your name on it and you being like, yeah, good luck. Yeah. Uh, hope it works. So, you know, that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome, man. And, uh, look, dude, this is, a, I, I, you know, I really enjoy talking to you and thank you for being so gracious with your time today. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, Thanks, dude, man. Totally. All right. All right have a good rest of the day. Cool. Later, bro. You too, man. All right. That was cool. That was awesome. What a, yeah. What a, what a, what a badass. Yeah. yeah. No kidding, right? Um, I could switch to, let's see. Let's see. Where I got about there. five more minutes. I got to hop on a call. We can do. We can five do this. more minutes. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, so that was Matt. Matt's a solid dude. Uh, really has his head on straight which is cool like really you know what i mean i just really dug that that he was i don't know a dude he's super <laughs> humble like he's a and normal guy as, and as much as somebody will be like well, what did you expect from him well i'll tell you what um when you've interviewed enough people um enough elite athletes or whatever you know what it's not always uh that, that's not always the case you don't always get somebody who's that down to earth that open about stuff too. And I like the idea that he's open about having to, you know, emote or not bottling mm-hmm. stuff up because that really, you know, there's, I think it was, uh, is it Dr. John Sarno? I think it was, he was the one that, that said a lot of pain is actually, uh, 
psychosomatic. It's in, it's in your head and it's a lot of bundled up emotional pain that's actually causing physical pain. So right. it's pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I thought that was awesome. Let's see. Yeah. Queen, that was Matt, of, Matt Frazier, who was five times CrossFit champion. Yeah. Matt Frazier. He's got a hard work pays off as his new app. He was a five time uh, fittest man in the world. Dude is dude is a beast. Um, yeah. You know, I was trying to think, I'm like, what could I do? Um, what could I do that I, I would be better than him at? And when it came to physical stuff, the answer was zero. So um, I don't even think thumb wrestling. Like there's some people I do think I could beat them at that. I don't know. I don't think so. I was going to say maybe adventure racing, but I think you still got you there. No, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely not. He would destroy me. <laughs> That's what's so fascinating about the, these guys and him. Like, I mean, they're yeah. weightlifters and bodybuilders combined with adventure racers, and they can do all of it really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, well, yeah, Drew, yeah, he did have compassion. Yeah, he was. Hey, thanks, Mario. Awesome. I thanks, didn't get Mario. to ask him about the vaccine question, but I did weave it into uh, <laughs> I did weave it into something. But um, I th- yeah, yeah, he read it. I don't know. No, I'm really happy that, uh, you know, that, that he ended up being a good guy because it's not always like that. But I'm, I'm happy yeah. that the dude's moving on to, to new stuff. It, it's on, pe- Talking to people like him is really what ends up having an impact on me, believe it or not, because... You know, like I've said yesterday, I've said before, I'm somebody that's constantly like him. It's hard for me to sit still, but there's also times where I take on so many things that I feel as though I'm not getting anything done, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. And to see, you know, him just kind of it's admit that he goes through a lot of the same things as me, just in different different points is, is pretty solid. So yeah, it's a, it just makes me feel not as weird. <laughs> Because he's a normal guy and you're a normal guy. We well, all have the same, same similar I'm issues. As normal as I can be, yeah. yeah. Um, wait, where do you go? Where do you got to go? Where do you got to be? You got to be somewhere? I got another call. Later, Roger. All right, well. Later, Roger. All right. Dude, I know you, you mentioned that, Drew. Have you, I, are, you like a, are you a supplement, dude? Are you like a supplement maker? I feel like you're always pushing these supplements. Uh, if you are, that's I, I get it. Um, but listen, anyway, thanks. You know, I'll... Kidding aside, thanks for uh, the insights. Thanks for for hanging out today. You know, one day I'm going to think about getting on top of this stuff and being able to promote it. So, but who knows when that'll be? Probably never. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, listen. So let's pick it. Listen, I'm going to try to pick it up again tomorrow. I don't know if we will. We always say we will. I hope we do. But uh, I don't know. Till then. Thanks. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye.